0: money fm 89.3 best of drive time
1: in the spotlight on money fm 89.3 Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. It is drive time. Elliot Danka, Timothy Goh and Chuan Tian Tian with you. It's now time for In the Spotlight. And today we're talking about this world that we live in, this world of mounting financial pressure. We're all feeling the
2: strain, aren't we? And a lot of anxiety as a result of this as well. The latest mental health index released by TELUS Health reveals the significant impact of inflation mm. on the well-being of people here in Singapore.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're talking about cutting back on health expenses, reducing discretionary spending. It's even more evident and poor mental health is already costing our local economy. So let's
2: take a closer look at the findings and what they really mean for many of us here in Singapore and what we can do about it. Jamie McLennan, Senior Vice President and Managing Director for APAC at TELUS Health, is joining us on the phone right now.
1: Good afternoon, Jamie. How are you? Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. So let's start off by talking about the data. How has inflation affected the mental health of Singaporeans? What did the numbers show?
0: Well, we produce, as you mentioned, this mental health index, which I guess to describe it is the mental health equivalent of of empirical measures like GDP. Uh, It allows us to drill down into the factors impacting mental health. And what it's showing us is that the numbers on inflation are significant. So uh, what's driving that, nearly one third of people are cutting back on expenses related to their health. Uh, 65 have curtailed the discretionary spending. 41 are staying at home. So th- there's a lot of activities being driven in relation to people's response to financial pressures, inflation, and the wider concerns from what they hear in the media about that.
2: And aren't these results to be expected, though, Jamie?
0: They are, but I think it's important for organizations and for government to understand how this is playing out for individuals. And Mm. I think often the mental health impact is not considered as significantly when people are really focusing very much just on the financial measures alone.
1: We use these words like mental health, and it's often associated with other terms like feelings of loss. I mean, can we associate the two uh, when we're talking about financial strain that's caused by inflation?
0: we certainly could see a very very strong correlation between financial well-being and mental health so you see a direct correlation there so the way that plays out for people is when they're feeling under financial pressure it's not so much just purely loss loss is a factor but it's wider sense of anxiety strain And the manifestation of all of those is how it plays out for individuals who are struggling with how to deal with those financial pressures. So absolutely, you can see a direct correlation to those feelings.
2: So what you described earlier, cutting back uh, costs for mental health, for overall health issues and spending... I see that as normal reaction from people who are facing hardships when it comes to yeah. earning an income, yeah. right? So yeah, where does their employers come in? How can they help?
0: That's a great question, and I think it's important for employers to think about this. So from an employer's perspective, let's think about mental health issues and how it plays out. So this isn't a nice-to-have. but There's a commercial imperative for organizations around mental health and well-being of their people. And the reason I say that is if you look at empirical studies, there's a very strong correlation between good or strong mental health and well-being and employee engagement and employee productivity. Mm -hmm. Equally, the flip side is if you see poor mental health, you see higher rates of absenteeism, presenteeism that undermine productivity. So if you don't look after an employee's mental health, not only is it not doing the right thing by that individual. But it's also going to impact on the productivity and the commercial return of the organization. So, this isn't a nice to have, it's a commercial imperative for organizations to get this right.
1: Jamie, I know you're not a doctor, and I say that because my next question, probably, I guess, is an opinion based question. We perhaps come from a time where we've heard the phrase, well, you just got to toughen up, you just got to deal with it, manage your expenses better. But we're now in the age where it's about talking about the stress that you're going through, the problems that you're going through. How do we find that balance? How do we get people, employees in this matter, to talk about these stresses more effectively? A bit of a follow-up to Tim's question there.
0: Yeah, and I certainly understand that sentiment. My career has been over 30 years, and I remember very much that was a sentiment when you started. But it does a disservice for the the reasons I talked about, that there is this direct correlation between getting mental health and well-being in the right space and driving a better outcome for the individual and for the company. So I think there's a greater awareness that's occurred for individuals and for companies and society about the importance of mental health and wellbeing and therefore the importance of getting it raised. So COVID actually helped, particularly in Asia, there's been far, far higher levels of stigma associated with discussing mental health or declaring mental health issues. And COVID helped put a spotlight on an issue that needs to come to the fore for societies like Singapore to start talking about it properly. For organizations, they need to put in place policies, practices, and then follow through on that in terms Mm -hmm. of encouraging an environment where employees can talk about this and managers can have the conversation with them.
2: And then what? Coming again from an employer's <laughs> point of view, if I talk to somebody who's going through anxiety, uh, there's only so much that, you know, a company can help, right? If you if I raise their salary to help them cope, it's, it, it, it has a domino effect. If I give them more working hours, it will have a domino effect. So where does the role of the employer end in being able to help an employee with anxiety issues and get through a hard time?
0: Great question, because I think for a lot of organization that becomes the challenge for them is where do you start? Mm -hmm. So in a number of instances, I mean, putting in place procedures and help. So companies like ours that offer an EAP service, that's, you know, counseling service that are available to employees. They also, though, have legal and financial assist lines. So Mm -hmm. you don't have to pay an employee necessarily more money. You could Mm -hmm. actually offer them additional assistance. So for financial matters, help them with budgeting or talking about budgeting, talking about retirement planning, or how they could go and have a conversation with a bank about mortgages and interest rates. So it isn't just as simple as I need to give them more money. It's thinking in a wider sense around what is a support mechanism that you could give employees and then how to encourage them to have the conversation?
2: So, uh, Jamie, are we encouraging then companies to become more like a family a unit for these employees when they're in this difficult situation? And would they want their employers to know about their financial hardship and be open about everything <coughs> uh, when you're helping them well, in I general? In a general. lot
0: of people, I think, a lot of people wouldn't necessarily want their employer to know that. But that's where an EAP service that would have mm. confidential. Third parties that can be brought in to help have that conversation is absolutely appropriate. So you're right, it's confidential for the employee, but the company will look after the employee to the extent of having these services available to them and training their managers, not to be counsellors, but to know where the, what support is available and how to have a conversation with an employee to say, did you know there is this free and private service available to
1: you? Mm. Jamie, I'm just trying my luck here. Any chance you might have come across companies, case studies or even have data where does it help if a company were to give more days of leave or something like a mental health day or maybe even a a free chocolate cake on Wednesdays type of thing? It's
0: it's another great question (laughs) because there's a lot of one-off items thrown out there that often aren't effective that do you know pilates classes or a free yoga session and that might be nice for the people who like to do yoga but it doesn't resonate with a large majority of people so i think companies need to think through what are they trying to achieve and why mental health days i have to say i've seen work very effectively in a number of companies mm. globally, because that actually could resonate for an individual and could be used when it works for them, as okay. opposed to, you know, doing a yoga class. So yes, I think there are definitely things you can do, but it's very easy to throw out ideas that don't resonate for most people and don't work. So they they need to be selective.
2: But in the long term, though, Jamie, when a company invests on an employee this way, uh, you know, in a perfect world, for example but the employee still could not cope, then what would an employer do next? You know, if we cut the person off because you're no longer performing despite all the help we're doing for you, Mm. then everyone is in trouble.
0: And that's where a lot of the support mechanisms companies should look for is very much in the early preventative stage. So you're not getting to a situation where somebody hits that. If people really deteriorate into a significant medical issue, then really you need to direct them into the medical services. But there's a lot of work that companies can do much earlier in the cycle where they put in place preventative measures to help people get on track around not just mental, but physical, financial, those wider elements that can protect them long before it deteriorates into a situation that, that is extreme.
1: Jamie, is it too much to get a company to think differently when it comes to mental health? And what I mean by that is if a company approaches mental health in this sense that if my employees are mentally healthy, society is a better place. Instead of if my employees are mentally healthy means I am more productive, I make more money as a company. Maybe a change in mindset? I think that's right because
0: actually... If the employees are in great mental health and well-being shape, it will benefit both society and the company, as well, of course, the individual, their families and and the wider relationship. So it actually does have a much broader aspect of both the societal level and the company and individual level. So I think that's a great way of framing it.
2: My worry as an employer, Jamie, is I'm coming from an employer (laughs) perspective, (laughs) Um, is that, you know, is it sustainable in the long term, though? If you have an employee who really needs this taking care of in a lo- for, for a longer period of time, it is also not fair to employees who are pulling their weight and doing everything that they can do, getting paid the same amount and being able to cope. So, you know, what I mean to say is how long can we take care of somebody until it's time to say you're on your own? No,
0: and I think that there isn't necessarily a set answer to that. I think mm. there are... Companies that will have insurance programs in place and there is wider support mechanisms around. So the onus will not always fall to an employer to provide unlimited support in Mm -hmm. perpetuity. But the empirical data does show that where employers look after their employees and get that improved productivity and engagement, it benefits the individual, it benefits the company. We also see from our studies that where employees see companies proactively taking measures in terms of mental health, we see far higher levels of stickiness in terms of retention rates as well as those higher engagement levels. So there really is a lot in it for the employer and being seen to do the right thing and doing the right thing actually pays out dividends across a far wider group than possibly one individual.
1: We've been speaking with Jamie McLennan, who is Senior Vice President and Managing Director for APAC at TELUS Health. Uh, Jamie, really appreciate your time today. Take and have a great Tuesday evening.
0: Thanks very much. Great talking to you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.